Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You work for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? This is Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, and I'm right here 17 floors above Madison Square Garden, right here in the city that never sleeps, New York City, the Big Apple, the Rotten Apple. And there's so much going on with so little time to get to it, so let's dig right in. The Democrats are doing everything they can to tear America apart, to turn us into a third-world banana republic. They're pushing an election with no winner because their message just isn't resonating with the American people. The results are in, and the live stream on C-SPAN spanked the live stream of the Democrats when you compare one nomination convention to the other. It seems that every election cycle, Hillary Clinton pulls out the nails across the chalkboard for that eerie, screechy sound, giving some sort of advice. For the last election, we did a show called Clinton, Civility, and another C word that I just don't remember right now. And it was to highlight her hypocrisy of calling for civility, but saying we're only going to be civil when we've taken back the House. Now, it's don't concede the election. Of course, this is right out of her playbook because Hillary Clinton never conceded her election, right? Or I mean, she did, but not when it was time to. On election night, she sent everybody home. I'm a couple of blocks away right now where I'm standing. It's just a few streets away from the Jacob Javits Convention Center. And they picked that place because it had glass as the ceiling. And she was supposed to be the candidate, the woman that broke the glass ceiling. And instead, she just broke everybody's heart, sending everybody home, sending out John Podesta to say goodnight, we'll be in touch. Instead of saying, hey, you know what? We lost fair and square. Meanwhile, Wisconsin is burning to the ground. Two people are dead from a standoff last night from what some in the media are calling a quote-unquote militia group. But CNN reports that this suspect is not a militia person, but 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse. Now, Rittenhouse left his home in Illinois, crossed state lines, 17 years old, went into Wisconsin, by all accounts, to defend against this anarchy. A lot of people are commending him. As a dad, I've got to keep it real and think, I have a teenage child. And if my child, 19 years old, left New Jersey to go to, let's say, New York with a rifle while there's a curfew in place because of riots, I think I'd be a little concerned about that. Where are the parents of this kid, Kyle Rittenhouse? Now, some people are making him out to be a hero. I'm not trying to put him down or prop him up. I'm just asking some questions because we do have a military. 
That's on deck right now. Kenosha has a police department. That's how this whole thing got underway. They were doing their job trying to take this guy into custody on a warrant for sexual assault of a 14-year-old girl. So it makes me wonder, is that the right place for him to be? Now, whether or not he's right or wrong and he's being charged with intentional homicide, I don't want to negate one point with another. If he were my kid, I would hope to God that he would not be crossing state lines with a gun. I remember just a few short months ago, Attorney General Bill Barr said, if you leave one state to go to another state to riot, because we were seeing that in Portland, we were seeing it with the riots that were going on in New York, that people were leaving other states, that this is a federal crime. So I don't know if the same charge, if you cross state lines with a rifle to go stop a riot when you're not the National Guard, when you're not the police, when there's a curfew to stay off the streets. I can't sit here and say that two wrongs make a right. I wish this kid the best. I really do. I know he got hit in the head with a skateboard and there was an assault on him. I get it. And perhaps in his situation, I may have done the same thing in response to the attack. But the bigger question is, would I have been there? I don't know the answer to that. But we can't turn a blind eye to the people that are looting, marching in the streets, burning things down. We can't forget them. Anyway, moving right along. If you follow my um, Twitter feed, you'll see I tweeted something from Blaze TV that Mark Levin shared from a journalist with a gun pointed at his face. He's getting video. They're pointing guns in his face, describing what they're going to do if the police roll up. Move it further east to Pennsylvania, rural PA, a caravan of Black Lives Matter activists leaving Wisconsin on their way to Washington, D.C. They decided to pull over on the side of the road alongside several properties. And those property owners got into some sort of altercation with them, and they fired shots with one of the Black Lives Matter activists taking what I'm going to call a couple of birdshot pellets in the face. I'll get back to the car. This white up. Wait, 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 don't leave yet. Stop. Where you hit at? Is you okay? Huh? You shot. What the f she know? You shot in your face? Oh my god! Oh my god. I don't have no service. Find a hospital right now. And if you are on my Facebook, you can see that. I shared that video because they actually caught that live. They got part of the argument on a Facebook live video. And the next thing you know, the, you hear the gunshots and the guy comes in the car and he's got blood dripping down his face and they're rushing him to the hospital. And he's like, I got shot in the face, man. It's, it's pretty intense. And then swinging it right back down to New York City, Bill de Blasio, he's out of control. I'm looking at an article by Carol Markowitz in the New York Post entitled, Enough, 
time to seriously loosen lockdown rules for restaurants and others. In essence, she's talking about how all we hear about is the decline and the death of businesses in New York City and different restaurant and bar owners coming up with new ways to figure out how to make that revenue to survive. And I think so many people are losing sight of the fact that it's the government that shut down these businesses, not doctors. And a lot of these doctors that informed these governors and mayors, they lost their jobs. They didn't know what the hell they were talking about. Markowitz points out, quite poignantly, I might add, that the real problem is limited outcry from New Yorkers. Cuomo and de Blasio are destroying the fabric of our city, and people are too afraid of the virus to stop them. I think she hits the nail on the head right there. She goes on, throughout this crisis, we've seen a division. One group, the pajama wearers. They can work from home indefinitely, never leaving their couches. They happily collect their checks and spend their time smug in the satisfaction that they have handled this pandemic flawlessly. They bake bread. They bought a Peloton bike and post Instagram pictures of sunrises from vacation homes. They're happy to listen to every backward directive from elected officials. They haven't suffered like their fellow New Yorkers. The second group has either worked through the lockdown, that's me, or had sleepless nights wondering if their businesses will ever reopen. They've contended with the ever-changing rules, ever-deferred opening dates, and constant attacks on their livelihoods. Markowitz says she's a pajama wearer, but as a lifelong New Yorker, most of her world consists of people in the second group. Most of those people compare their lives to now living in a totalitarian regime where rules don't make any sense, but people are afraid to say so. You've got the mayor pulling people's liquor licenses when he feels they're violating social distancing orders. And the mayor's nervous. I saw him in a press conference. He's stuttering. I don't know what, what his deal is. I don't know who's pressuring him or what is going on with him physically, physiologically. But he doesn't look right. He's failing his key constituents. Next to the Markowitz piece in the post, there's another piece from August 8th. It says, indoor dining must reopen in Midtown to save the spirit of New York City. And the author here, Steve Cuozo, he says quite funnily, it's the restaurant, stupid. Midtown Manhattan without places to eat is a hollow shell of itself. They're the socializing glue without which no central business district can function. I think he's right. And this just reinforces the fact that New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio is failing black and brown constituents. The food delivery gig workers, waiters, they're all mainly minorities. Waitresses. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. Like our favorite congressista from the 14th District of Nueva York, repping the boogie down Bronx and Queens, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, better known by me as All Out Crazy, or more recently known as All Out Commie after her DNC speech, our good friend hasn't said a word, she hasn't uttered a peep, no ha dicho nada, about her compatriots, about her colleagues, brown gig workers, bartenders. Right here in New York, she's silent on it. Her colleagues in the restaurant and bar industry are losing work because these restaurants and bars can only app open at a fraction 
of their capacity because of these tyrant governors and mayors. They're losing their jobs because Bill El Bobo de Blasio and Essential Andy Cuomo have turned their backs against black and brown bartenders, busboys, and other minorities in the restaurant business. Where's, where's the outrage? The hypocrisy is astounding. AOC is out to lunch. De Blasio is running scared. And Cuomo's too busy figuring out how he's going to continue his cover-up for the thousands of deaths related to his executive order in nursing homes. Things aren't looking pretty in these blue cities. Sounds to me like most Americans, even non-voting Americans that don't care about politics, are going to look at the national state of affairs and say, you know what? These Democrats don't know what they're doing. I think the Democrats are banking on people looking around and going, you know what? America's going to hell in a handbasket. This guy Trump has got to go. I think that's their goal, but I think most Americans are smarter than that. I think most Americans know how corrupt politics can be and how corrupt many politicians are. And this is why they're trying to sell the idea that mail-in voting would enhance voting and that Trump's lawsuit to stop that is in effect trying to stop people from voting. I think people are smarter than that. But keep it locked right there. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about Democrats and their corruption historically and everything else that's going on. I'm Rich Valdez. You're listening to This Is America. This is America. In times like these, it's so important that we focus on the facts. I always tell you to focus on the facts. I think you hear that everywhere you go, and that's because facts are irrefutable. It's the bottom line. It's the real deal. And in times like this of uncertainty, we need to rely on the facts. I get my facts from JustFacts.com. That's F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com and sign up for their newsletter. JustFacts.com forward slash rich. Just put my name in there and you'll get it for free. JustFacts.com slash rich. This is America. All right, America, welcome back to the Thursday edition of This is America, right here from New York City. I am Rich Valdez, your esteemed host for the evening, day, morning, whatever time you're listening to this. That's the beauty of on-demand listening. You can do it anytime you like. And I want to give a quick plug to Mr. Producer, Rich Cementa, the executive producer here. He's terrific. He's fantastic. If you want to tell him he's fantastic, uh, hit him up at Rich Cementa on Parlor, Twitter, all those places. And while you're at it, give me a follow, too, and keep uh, up to date with everything that we're doing. We try to share the articles that we're using in the show so that you can follow along and share those and share the show. Honestly, this show is different from many in that I try to give you a bird's eye view of politics, you know, 360 degrees from 17 floors above the garden. But I also try to give you the background, a little bit of the skinny, a little bit of the scoop, a little bit of the bochinche. The chisme. Because I realize that not everybody's a politico. I know a lot of our audience are political observers. And I know that a, a huge part of our audience are also new to politics because politics came knocking at their door. Because like me, people used to listen to Hot 97 or The Breakfast Club. You like hip-hop radio in New York City. And what went from listening to the latest hip-hop records and hip-hop news to literally being nonstop wall-to-wall politics which if I wanted that, I'd go to Fox News or CNN or MSNBC or honestly all four. I watch all of these networks on several TV screens throughout the studio and monitor the news. And I know that's not what you do. You have lives, you have children, you've got jobs, you've got businesses to run. 
and you check in with me twice a week, and I appreciate that. And I'm hoping I'm not letting you down. From the reviews we've been getting, they've been positive, and I really appreciate that. From some of the Twitter hate, I think we're also doing well, because you know what they say. You know you're over the target when they start attacking. So kudos to the trolls. And kudos to each and every one of you that's taken the time to leave a review that listened to my um, fill-in on the Mark Levin Show last week. I appreciate that. We might be putting that into this feed as well, so you might get a uh, uh, shortened version of that so that if you missed it, you can hear it as well. And those of you that listen to this show know that I was born in New York. I don't know what kind of neighborhood you live in, but being born in Brooklyn and moving across the Hudson River to Jersey, I cut my teeth on politics in Hudson County. Hudson County is home to political corruption. If you don't believe me, Google it. But you tell me, what other place had a mayor like Frank Haig, the mayor of Jersey City, who had a wooden desk in his office rigged with a trap door in it just to accept bribes? A customized corruption carpenter. (laughs) Union, I'm presuming. (laughs) Must have done that for good Mayor Haig. I believe that desk is some sort of museum piece today. And perhaps only Mayor Daley in Chicago, the corrupt Chicago Democrat machine, has a worse reputation than Hudson County, New Jersey. But make no mistake, they're testing it and learning new ways to conceal corruption in Hudson County. So it comes as no surprise to see how they want to manipulate the election when the governor is, in effect, the Hudson County guy, just like Corzine. Even if he makes his home somewhere else now, Murphy's ties are with Goldman and Goldman's in Jersey City. And I'm referring to Goldman Sachs. Now, seeing elections in New Jersey is probably different than looking at elections in other places. Here, it's customary for Democrats to pull up with a van or a bus and drive people to the polls. They send an army of volunteers to quote-unquote help senior citizens vote in their assisted living buildings. And they pay people living in public housing projects what they call walk-around money, quote-unquote, to get out the vote. They will all but put a viejita over their shoulder, put her in the wheelchair, roll her down to the polls to get what they need. These precinct captains are very aggressive in getting out the vote. And they bust out the four o'clock cards, palm cards, at the train stations for commuters, at the bus stops, anywhere they can to make sure they get commuters on their way home to make sure they vote before 7 or 8 p.m. It's a well-oiled machine, a tremendous operation that the Democrats run, in particular in these urban areas. And they reward them with public jobs, favors, Section 8 vouchers, public housing, applications, move to the top of the list. I'll get your cousin, your uncle, your nephew, your sister a job as a meter maid, as a street sweeper, as whatever. I mean, they they literally use the public for their benefit. Not for your benefit, for their benefit. And people get so used to this that they think that's politics as usual. Meanwhile, it's not always like that in a lot of places. But they've never seen anything else. So that's all they know. And they subscribe to it. That's why I find it hard to believe that they're working so hard to keep people home on Election Day. These Democrats have done everything to get people out to vote. Historically, we've never seen somebody push so hard to keep people at home. It's these same Democrats that have worked so hard to put people out on the street during the riots, to keep them out on the street, to protect their right to be on the street during the looting, during the deadly defund the police destruction. And now they want everybody to stay home. No buses, no GOTV, get out the vote, no democracy. That's their word. Hmm? I think they're full of it. 
I really do. I don't know what the, what the plan is. I do believe my best guess, create a situation where we have an election with no outcome. Turn America into Venezuela. If you don't get your way, burn the system down. That's the Marxist way. It's the Alinsky way, literally and figuratively. For months on end, in places like Guyana or Venezuela, where Juan Guaido was challenging Nicolás Maduro, the president of Venezuela and the, the president of the Senate or the General Assembly, with the United States recognizing Guaido as the real head of state, and they're in, in effect a, a civil war. Maybe not a declared one and maybe not a fancy one, but with some members of the military backing Guaido and some members of the military backing Maduro. Utter insanity. Pura locura. It really boggles the mind. That's what the Democrats are trying to do. Discord, division, distraction. It's their MO. It's not about the people. It's not about America. It's not about liberty. It's not about God. It's about Hegel. It's about Marx. It's about creating a problem, controlling the reaction, and then providing a solution to the problem that you just created. It's what they did during impeachment. It's what they did during the Russian phony dossier scandal. That's what they're doing right now. There is no issue stopping people from voting, but let's make it one. Let's say we need massive mail-in voting because we know that somebody's going to say, how dare you? How dare you send out millions and millions of ballots to people who didn't request them? What if they get to the home of somebody who's no longer there, somebody who's deceased? 